Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach from Think Chat, and welcome to confession number 58, where we're going to explore social skills from the lens of the early years student. Now this past week, I've had the opportunity to come up to Michigan, which is in the northern part of the United States, and I've had the experience of helping take care of my nine-month-old niece, and it has been fantastic. And the one thing that going through this experience has reminded me, again, is the natural tendency for our young people to want to bond with others. You know, even without language skills, I'm watching my niece as she's going through, you know, expressing her needs by sounds and body language and gestures. And when she doesn't get her way or she's very disgruntled, she'll wave her hands, uh, raise her voice, and she'll get that look on her face. We all know that look, right? But as she grows and she um, explores social context with other people, she's going to learn how to advocate herself through appropriate social skills. And every time I enter a pre-K or kindergarten classroom, I feel that same energy. The room is full of young people trying to figure out how to correctly use social cues and, you know, demonstrate certain behaviors that are properly, you know, appropriate for the learning setting. And they are going to make mistakes. (laughs) Let's face it, little kids... When they're trying to socially interact for the first time or even within the first year, they're making others cry and then they cry and the cycle repeats itself until self-awareness hits in. And I think that this is the magical part of being an early years teacher. You get to watch this all magically unfold as they're, you know, bumbling through social skill development. And they're able to finally recognize, oh, when I do this, this is the result. Or, oh, if I want to have a friend, oh, I need to act this way. All of that is shaping good little humans that are going to take over one day. And I love this quote from um, PYP, uh, from Principles into Practice in the section called The Learner. It says, social development also takes shape in these early years as children are naturally inclined to explore, to discover, to play, to make connections between self, others, and their entire surroundings. Through these interactions, children form their perception of themselves and others in the world. And man, is that not true? They are just trying to figure this out. How does one act appropriately within the world? And so we're going to explore some of these social skills that early learners need in order to operate within the world. But we're first going to look at what are the things that we can do as educators to support their development, because that's equally as important. So some things that have been outlined in... um, PYP from principles into practice is provide explicit opportunities for students to practice and develop skills um, through dramatic play and through um, game-like situations. Provide opportunities for students to reflect on their social skills. Reflect and provide feedback on different interactions and other moments they observe. Offer students opportunities for taking perspective. 
use the language of the learner profile in conversations and discussions and in the development of essential agreements. Model the social skills and language needed to greet, solve problems, share resources, and so on. Now, the social subskills to help learners to know how to appropriately interact with each other, there's only two um, this time. There's interpersonal relationships and social-emotional intelligence. And even as a grown person, um, that social-emotional intelligence is huge with interacting with others. I remember when I first started doing these online things, I would bumble and say things trying to build relationships and it bond. And I quickly learned some emotional intelligence of, oh, how I'm acting socially is not appropriate. And kind of like what you would do in person is not necessarily going to work as you're in a digital space. So I wanted to focus in on this time of matching those, you know, learner social skills that are required, um, looking at social and emotional intelligence with what educators can do to support the learners, because I think that's equally valid. And I think we're going to do this for social skills as well as self-management because they so go hand in hand. So let's start. When I'm looking at be aware of own and others' feelings, so that is the sub-skill for social and emotional intelligence. Be aware of own and others' feelings. This is a challenge for young learners since they often don't understand their own feelings, right? And how to express them to others. So they inadvertently are going to hurt other people's feelings. So what can we teachers do? The Ivy suggests provide opportunities for students to reflect on their social skills. What does that mean in the context of be aware of own and others' feelings? Well, one thing we can do as educators is provide opportunities for our learners to reflect on their own feelings, right? And this social skill development. This can happen through social stories, storyboards, whole class discussions, so many opportunities now than before to practice this skill. And it's more about that repeated opportunity for students to reflect in different ways and allow them to see how their behavior has impact on someone else. That is huge. So that's something that we can do in regards to be aware of our own and others' feelings. So now let's look at manger, manage anger and resolve conflict. For many of our early learners, you know, they come to school with limited exposure to other children and social interactions. So they have difficulties expressing their feelings and managing, you know, that anger and resolving conflict appropriately. And so what can we do as teachers to help them with this, with managing, you know, that anger and resolving conflict? Well, one thing that the IB suggests is that provide explicit opportunities for students to practice and develop these skills, including dramatic play and games. And one thing that came to my mind is that role plays and games are such a great way to get our early learners to practice social skills through play. By teaching social skills through dramatic play, learners, you know, they take on a role and so they're able to disconnect themselves from the experience 
And when the teacher is offering, you know, suggestions, they don't take it personally because, oh, I'm acting a part, right? And they tend to not take it as personally. Um, and, but the skill, the behavior that we want modeled is being clear to them so that they have a clear um, instances that they can take away and apply to, you know, any type of social interaction. So that might be a possibility of managing anger and resolving conflict. So now let's move on to the next one. Be self and socially aware. Oof, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of kiddos who struggle to know who they are, right? And know how they act within a social environment. But the one thing that I've noticed as a coordinator is that my early years team really navigated this with ease. And one thing that I noticed that they constantly had in place of understanding self-awareness and social awareness is that they utilize things like routines. Oh, if, you know, we do these routines so that um, we operate within the classroom appropriately so that we don't um, get hurt. We're also mindful of other people's space, you know, that type of thing. They also sing a lot of songs to help them go through different transitions and different engagements. So the, and the songs were meaningful of building those social skills and getting the kids to recognize who they were, clean up and, you know, all of those different components. Chants were you know, the teacher would chant something to them and they'd call it like a call to response. And even within their units of inquiry, I noticed that there was a lot of emphasis on how do we, you know, become self-aware um, through who we are and how are we becoming socially aware of our actions. And that is so important where we're providing opportunities for to do that in a very non-threatening way, right? So what are um, some possibilities that we can do this? Well, the IB suggests that we, you know, possibly reflect and provide feedback on different interactions and other moments that our learners observe. So that's one possibly way where we're, ref we're reflecting together and we're giving feedback of, oh, when this happened, you know, this is, um, the result, because oftentimes our learners don't understand that. And timely feedback is so important at this age because they're developing their social awareness. And, you know, by providing that feedback in the moment, learners are able to make easier connections. Even if we wait 20 minutes, it's a lost learning opportunity. So what's something else that we can do as teachers to help our little kiddos to become self and socially aware. Well, another thing that we could possibly do is offer students opportunities for taking perspective. So they're seeing, you know, from different lenses of um, what this might look like. And as I reflect on this practice, I think of teachers providing situational prompts to their early learners and asking them how they would react in that situation. This allows them to share their perspectives based on, you know, their prior understanding, their, 
their community and cultural backgrounds, you know, and it helps them to also understand that, okay, well, there's social awareness here of, okay, this is how you might act within your community, but is it socially acceptable? And by allowing them to express themselves, um, you know, others are able to add and counter, the, you know, their reactions in a respectful manner. This process, you know, needs to be heavily modeled and scaffold with specific response prompts so that we stay within parameters. So children are being respectful, um, but they're also able to give um, critical feedback. So there's another sub criteria, um, sub skill criteria is be aware of own and others impact as a member of a learning group. Wow, I think this one is the hardest one. Our little people don't fully understand the impact actions have on a learning community, right? And they're still so focused on me and me-centric that their point of view is often skewed of that isn't fair versus, okay, let's look at the whole community. So what are some possibilities of things we can do to get children to understand you know, their impact on the learning community. So one possibility that the IB comes up with is use the language of the learner profile in conversations and discussions and in the development of essential agreements. So, you know, when I'm thinking about this possibility is, you know, to get learners to better understand their role in the community, we use the language of the learner profile to express how their actions impact others. Such as, Shayla, when you took Emily's pencil, that was not very honest or principled. You know, that type of um, embedding of the language will allow us to establish the social behavior expectations by developing, you know, those classroom um, essential agreements. Why should we make essential agreements? Well, they... They really do help with the classroom dynamic um, in help. And when children help co-create the agreements that are essential for everyone in the room to thrive, you know, by creating, helping you create um, these agreements, they take greater ownership when they, you know, misbehave because no one's perfect. They're going to have hiccups. But they're more readily to accept the consequence because they were in that decision-making process of making those essential agreements. And something else, maybe helping children to become more aware, you know, in understanding the impact of their decisions on a group is, uh, you know, we can model the social skills and language needed to greet, solve problems, and share resources and so on. When I think of modeling, you know, it's been the greatest tool in my, in my bag. You know, modeling is how expectations become a part of our practice. So it's important that our learners understand the necessary social skills and language that is needed. You know, the modeling can be applied to various learning situations and contexts to deepen the understanding. How you model and what you do is going to make a difference, right? One thing that I've really um, liked in regards to establishing protocol for um, expectations is I'll show, um, so for instance, what does it look like to line up? 
I'll show the expectation, what it is. I'll show what it's not. And then I'll show, mm, it's almost there, but not quite there yet. Because that's the one that's the gray area, where children are, mm, I would say, 80% doing what's right, but 20% off, and you've got to be able to um, correct them. They need to have that model of what's the expectation um, before they start rolling it out. Well, that's it for now, my friends, as I try to apply these ideas. And now I'm going off to grades one to six to try to help them have a beautiful week and talk to you soon.